Hello everyone, welcome to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Mike. And my name is Ray. Hello Ray, how are you today? Very well, actually. Excellent. <laughs> That's what we love to hear. We love to hear that Ray is well. Uh, how about yourself? And I am also well. If you wouldn't believe it, folks, we are well here today in the Mike household. Um, Josh is busy. Mm-hmm. He's not here, and he'll be back on his own time. So don't rush. I know you're like, oh, I hate it when it's a Mike and Ray up. Shut up. <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> uh, it better not be. And if it is, I'm openly antagonistic to you, and you should unsubscribe our, from our podcast. <laughs> Leave us a one-star review so I can find you and block you. I don't think you could track one-star reviews, sir. <laughs> I will find a way. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's probably a good thing that they can't do that, but I will find Pro it. I will be the first. Probably for that exact reason is why. You I will can't be do the that. first to do this. Oh my goodness. And that is my guarantee to you. <laughs> All right, so uh, video games. Yeah, let's talk about video games. Um, video games, they're here. I don't know if I talked about this because the last time we did the podcast, uh, we did the Halloween episode, the, the spooky mm -hmm. episode. Very spooky SCP episode. Again, we had a hoot doing that, mm -hmm. so honestly going to say we shouldn't wait a year to do the next one, if you ask me. I'd be excited to I'm do another. Saying. I'm just saying. Uh, hmm, that's an idea. Um, So, remember how a couple podcasts ago I was talking about the, uh, the, the difficulty I was having of getting, like, a PS5? Mm-hmm. So... The difficult I I, uh, I I did what Mike said and I went basically insane is the best way to put it. Uh-huh. And I subscribed to several Twitter alerts. Uh-huh. Like PS5 stock deals and Wario 64, which uh was successful. I was able to secure a PS5 from GameStop paying retail price. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, Congrats. I got it. I made sure I took the day off work. We got him. <laughs> We we got him. I uh, we got him. The first game I played and really enjoyed was Final Fantasy VII uh, Intermission, which you pay twenty bucks for if you already had Final Fantasy VII uh, remake on your PS4. There's a whole transfer process. It's confusing. Follow an online guide. Don't try to do it yourself. You will fuck up. No I tried to do it myself. Um, did not figure it out, uh, and then just totally skipped it. And I was like, I'm just not going to do this. <laughs> so I, I need to go back and play the, uh, the stuff still. It is um, it is short. You can beat it in like four to six hours. Um, four hours if you really know what you're doing. Six hours if you're being very casual and you do all the side Got quests. Got it. Ten hours. Okay. <laughs> that probably, yeah. So the side quests are really cool. They have a very cool Fort Condor side quest that I really loved. Um... And the game itself is really fun. You play as Yuffie, and it's hard. It's actually like, it pretends that you've, uh, the difficulty is scaled in that you've already beaten Final Fantasy VII Remake. And it, mm -hmm. it treats you like, yeah, you probably already know what you're doing, so we're not going to hold your hand throughout most portions. We'll explain to you a couple new mechanics, but that's it. That's all you're getting. And uh, It's really pretty looking, too. Oh, gosh. It looks real nice. I'm already going to spoil it. This is my game of the year, or at least one of my games of the year, just because it sets a bar for how good-looking 
and how fluid a game can move on new hardware. Uh, th- yeah. it, it sets a bar that's almost unfair for other video games to try to match because I can't think of any other game that like looks this good. Um, it, it ramps it up to 60 frames a second. It's now running at 60 frames a second at 4K. It looks phenomenal it plays phenomenal it's gorgeous and it's uh it's very anime yeah it's very naruto it's great great time um highly recommend that yeah. you get that set up the cool part about the ps5 is that it plays stuff that looks really pretty and you put that thing in and uh you're like dang that's pretty yes. and then you watch and then you watch movie and go dang that pretty um I think I said this before, but like, I was not. You kind of don't know what you're missing with the 4K UHD stuff until you get it, and then you're like, oh, uh, oh, 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 wow, ooh, that looks, ooh, 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 daddy likey, ooh. You, you, it is a heavy investment. You need a 4K TV. You need a 4K Blu-ray player, or at least a 4K Netflix subscription. Or you have to buy the 4K version of a movie. And you need mm-hmm. you need the HDMI cable that supports up to a 4K connection. You can't cheap yep. out and get a piece of shit HDMI cable from like I don't know Mono Price or whatever the hell. You gotta actually have some quality stuff. Um, yeah, the monster cable is like, oh, look who comes crawling back. <laughs> it's true. I oh, did. I, I used my old monster cables I've had for years. And I'm like, there it is. Finally getting some use out of this thing. <laughs> oh, look who comes. Cr- like you're crawling through the door to like beg Mr. Burns for your job. But it's, please, monster cable. Please. I need you to handle the bandwidth of the 4K and also the UHD. Please. I beg you. And it's like, I knew you'd be back. Here we are. We're doing the thing we promised. And yeah, if you can if you can afford it, it looks great. Movies look great. Uh but mm. but beyond that, um I also got uh what was the other PS4 game I played? Oh, I actually played through the first bombing mission of Final Fantasy VII Remake, just that one in four K mm-hmm. and sixty frames. I'm not saying it makes me want to replay the entire game. I'm not not saying it doesn't though. It it damn look good looking game. It's nice. It's really good. Um, what games have you been playing, sir? I got a couple more, but I want to well, hear yours. Speaking of 4K, well, PS4 games on the PS5. I've just started Ghost of Tsushima. It's a great game. The the samurai game, the game where what got you're the samurai. Mm-hmm. And. It's pretty. It's pretty looking. Uh-oh. But I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, the co- the combat's like, okay, yeah, it's the Batman thing. Mm-hmm. You do you do counter uh, when enemy attack you one at a time. Um, but I just... You just see... I see this map. It just explodes, and it's humongous. You really think it's I'm that not, big? Like, these story missions are just maybe I just none of these characters have really grabbed like have really grabbed me so far so I I just I don't know I gotta ask you how I far, think it, how far are you in it I am I'm probably about like six hours in I think okay 
So right now I'm kind of like recruiting people to help save my uncle. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, Jin fucking loves his uncle, dude. Yes. Like, I'm not saying I don't like my uncles. <laughs> I'm just saying Jin likes his uncle a lot. And I just think that's funny. It, it's not really that funny, but it's just like, dang, this guy really likes his uncle. So I mean, he's like a grown man. He's like, I must save my uncle. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I know, but like, I beat this game last year, I, I, and I, I, I want to know <laughs> what it is about this game that you both are loving and hating so far. Because spoiler alert, and I mentioned this before, I really liked Ghost of Tsushima a yeah. lot. I. I, I think that's the weird thing. Is like I don't think there's like, I think it's just the. I actually I think the one thing that really kind of is hindering my desire to go further. I'm gonna probably keep you know keep chipping away at it mm-hmm. just because I've got the time. Um, is the. It's just some of the mission design, like it's it, like some of the kind of open world side quest mission design, is just like. I don't know. It's just kind of rote. I don't think anything it's saying is particularly interesting so far. So I'm sure it might pick up at some point. And maybe I should just bulldoze through the main plot to kind of get more abilities and then maybe do some of that side stuff. But I just... I think it's more of just like a... I just don't know if I can do open world games anymore. (laughs) Like, I think this is the kind of game that, you know, maybe my first summer home from college when I was, like, working a part-time job Mm -hmm. and not really doing much else, that if I had that kind of time to, like, just throw on a podcast while I did side quests for this, I would probably, I would, this game would be like, this is, like, would have been the game I've been waiting for all my entire life. But I'm just, my tastes are just not there anymore. And it's just, I can't. I don't know. I know. Uh, I I know you're saying TB TB score TBD on Ghost of Tsushima for me. I know you're saying like, man, I don't know if I want to do open world games anymore. But then you saw the trailer for Elden Ring, and you're like, I don't know. I guess I'm back in. Uh, just just when I thought it was out, pull <laughs> me back in. Uh, we saw the trailer for Elden Ring. This is also PS5. Yeah, related. that's the other game I played. The trailer for Elden Ring. <laughs> The gameplay trailer for Elden Ring. That's the other game I played. There's one more actually, but we should talk about the Elden Ring trailer. Uh, the technical uh, looks test incredibly went sick. Yeah. Um. That also that game also looks anime as fuck in like the best of ways. There there was an attack that one of the characters did where they charged up a two handed sword and as they were charging up and the sword was glowing blue, three ghosts materialized and like hammered down like helm struck an enemy and then the character brought down their two-handed sword i'm like that's yeah. it i'm in i want whatever thing they fake just out did. thing <laughs> like it's really cool because it kind of seems like they looked at an open world game a la breath of the wild mm-hmm. and was like hey what if this had a little bit of dark souls in it <laughs> and it kind of just seems like that's what they made and that sounds tight as fuck. Yes. Yeah. So we're we're gonna be there. 
I can't you better believe it, folks. I can't wait. I mm. I, I can't. Uh, I I have my. I don't pre-order games, but I will make an exception for anything from software because from yeah. from software needs to know I support every product that yes. they make. Yeah. As long as it's not published by Activision, they know what they did. <laughs> we should probably talk about that in the news segment, I guess. Well, we we will. <laughs> we'll just give our uh, Activision crater update. Man, uh, still smoldering. It, this is um, <laughs> Activision's still uh, not a great company. Uh, um, before you get to the other game that I know you're itching to talk about, I know you really want to talk about this. But before that, I want to mention a game that I have been playing um, on the side. Um, yes, it's an indie game. You could buy it on Steam. It's been around on Steam for a while. They did a console release uh, in the last couple of years um, for PS4 and Switch, and I'm playing the Switch version. It's called Project Nimbus, and the one you want is the complete edition. And the best way to describe it is it is Ace Combat with Mecha. If that sounds like it's up your alley at all, this is the game for you, because I just gave up the ghost on what this game is. It is the banter, it is the mechanics, it is the um, it is the flight system of Ace Combat, but as opposed to planes that exist in real life, or have existed, you're just in sci-fi mecha. And you're still on Earth, and like, with, uh, as opposed to fictionalized nations, they're real-life nations, and it's like, a post World War Three apocalyptic thing, and you're oh. you're going from battle to battle, and it's not a long game. Um, I'm way more than halfway through it right now, and I've put maybe like three four hours into it. I'm loving it. I'm really digging it. If you go to Steam and you look it up, it's uh sitting on a mostly positive reviews. Uh, if you look up Metacritic, it's got a 68 for some reason. I think that's a shame because I think it's like really really good. Oh, I I will I will give it this. Um, as a as a recommendation, I do recommend you play this game. I think it is an indie game that you should support for all 20 bucks that it's worth. But uh, Oh, and it was, uh, it's was it got a sequel coming out that was just announced here a couple months ago. Uh, it's called uh, Nimbus Infinity, so good for them. Uh, the thing I would recommend is put that shit on easy mode. It's called casual mode. Put that shit on casual mode. I played it on normal mode. It's fine. But I actually don't recommend most people play it on that. And the hard mode is just called You Will Die mode. And it's not a You Will Die mode because the game is like, oh, you have to be an ace pilot. It's like, no, the game is just Mm -hmm. unfair at this point. So um, you're just like breaking the game's mechanics to kind of like manipulate your way through it. But it's good. I recommend you play it. Um, Now, Mike... I know you want to talk about this game that you've been talking about for like two weeks straight. Go ahead. I am in physical pain <laughs> that there's no, not one person <laughs> among my friends who play games mm-hmm. who has also played this game who I can gush to about this game. <laughs> I haven't played it yet, And no. it's deeply upsetting that I cannot do this. <laughs> it, I just like... I just want you to picture the meme of that kid with the vein in his forehead. <laughs> just like... <laughs> just... In excruciating pain, trying not to just... Deluge 
all information about this game. Don't do it. It is a game called Inscription, I-N-S-C-R-Y-P-T-I-O-N, from Daniel Mullins Games. Um, the only other game I've played from this person, he's a developer, uh, the only other game I have played from uh, Daniel Mullins Games is a game called Pony Island. Oh, that's a developer. A, yeah. Uh, it's a game called Pony Island, um, and there's definitely nothing weird going on there at all. <laughs> uh, and he... It's just a normal game. ...made this game called Inscription, where you're basically playing a, a game like a magic style kind of card like magic the gathering style card game where you're like putting down creatures and sacrificing them to like play cards against a disembodied set of eyes and then there's some really spooky prop work and as you kind of like you play cards with him and your character moves it's kind of like a roguelike type thing and your character like so you win a match and you have a little piece who's like he kind of you kind of move up on move along a map like very like slay the spire-esque where you're like moving towards the top which is like where you get to an eventual boss fight and then there's kind of a new level and you do the same thing um except in this one you can get up from this table where you're playing this game and look around this room that you're in and you seemingly cannot leave. Um, and there are other things in there, and there are other things in this game. And I truly do not want to, like, I know I have glibly said on this podcast before that I am not someone who, like, if something spo- is spoiled for me, I don't really get too bothered because I think if your story is told well enough it would be entertaining even if I know what's going to happen I, I want to know that this is where me and Mike diverge because I vehemently disagree with that affect well you know we we can have this debate later but okay um, I just there are things that in this game that I was very 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 glad were not spoiled for me Mm-hmm. Because they are such interesting and well realized and cool twists, where the once the initial shock of what's happening wears off, there it just kind of gets you really excited to like see what is going on here. Um, and just the game has a lot of like really spooky kind of decor and vibes like um the music is really great uh it just it, this game does a lot with so little sometimes um like just one of the one thing that is cool it's like so the way the game is scored is like you do damage to each other and you have to get a certain number of damage points ahead of your opponent to actually win the game because it's like a scale that goes back and forth mm-hmm. and there's an item that's like a set of pliers and um, and it says oh this will give you a point 
And if you don't put these two things together before <laughs> it ha- before you use this item, because uh, you see that the the game is actually scored by like golden teeth, and, like that's the individual points that are being put on the scale. And so when you use this item, your character puts takes the pliers and puts them into your, their mouth and pulls out a tooth. And puts it on the scale, and like there's the sound, and like oh, it's like oh, ooh. it's just really cool, kind of like horror aesthetic, like that. Oh my gosh! And okay, it's so it's so sick. It is. Like I said I am on my hands and knees begging people to play this game. I think it is very cool. I cannot wait to make this game. Uh, Mike's Destiny Two presents the uh mike's game of the year game of the year <laughs> mike's game of the year brought to you by destiny 2 sponsored by destiny 2 uh the bungie 30th the bungie 30th anniversary pack is coming out uh in december uh i'm gonna play that but that's not technically a full release a of game. an expansion so nope. uh it's uh it is a dlc i guess technically so it's not a full re- you know you still have to pay for it you can pay for anything in Destiny 2. You can pay for skins. Yeah, but this is new level content. Oh, though. my God. <laughs> you this is for Yallerhorn, Ray. It's back. Gallerhorn? Yes. Yes, it's back. What, I, me. I, I didn't know it left, honestly. It's back, baby. Well, it's, it came back. It was it was in Destiny 1, but it's never been in Destiny 2 until now. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's all Destiny One needs to do. They're like, we took away Hawkmoon, but now it's back, <laughs> and everyone will Wait. grind to go get Hawkmoon again. Hawkmoon's in Destiny Two, by the way, as well. If you didn't, no, know. just take it out, then like make everyone grind to go get it back. That that's how you keep the loop going, and it'll work. Fair enough. <laughs> well, so that's basically uh, what I have. Uh, uh, what I've been playing we, lately. We were, I think all of us have played like Metroid Dread, but we want to wait for Josh to come back to talk about yeah. that. Oh, one. that's right. We should wait to talk about Metroid Dread until Josh. Because I got a lot to here. say about that game, and all of it's good. I'm just getting that out of the way. Yeah. Nope. You guys are definitely the big uh, the big Metroid guys on this podcast, obviously. I, uh, uh, have, I, you know, I, like I said, I, like I said before, I was caught up on Metroid. Mm hmm. Um, which is a bit of a dig, but you know, because uh, I played the most recent entry in the series, Metroid Fusion. Um. I hate that. That's true. <laughs> I that 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 actually makes me like a little angry, but it also makes Dread like that much better because it's damn near twenty years later. Where you get like, hey, the part of Metroid Fusion where we left off, we're going to pick that right back up as if you just yeah. beat Fusion. And it does, and it's good! It's pretty fun. It's pretty good. We should not talk about we're it anymore, not, Josh. We're not. Mad. I, I, no more. I, I not won't. a word more. No more. All right, then we will talk about uh, what's going on in the game industry as a whole. Let's hit, let's hit the news. So, um, I it's been a minute since we talked about Activision. And, you know, I don't want to just dunk on a bunch of game companies, but some of these guys have it coming. Let's go ahead and start with Activision. Then, don't worry, Ubisoft, you're fucking next. 
Uh, <laughs> you're right there in the in the uh, in the reticle. Uh, Activision's what was it? Did we mention before that their lawyer, when the SEC started investigating Activision's claims of um, workplace abuses, uh, their head legal uh, department uh, person just quit, like that same day. Which you know they were saying, no, no, we're not quitting because the SEC is investigating. We're quitting because. Because it's time to move on to a different company. And it's like, yes. That is that is the correct corporate response you can give here. Everyone else can read between the lines of probably what's going on. I think we mentioned before they already lost a $18 million equal opportunity employment. Um, I guess, uh, what would you call that? Is that a... Uh, guess a settlement agreement i think it was a settlement against them from the um eeoc where they said like hey you know what to settle for these uh workers you we're gonna uh sue you for 18 million dollars and immediately almost sadly but laughably immediately activision said yep here you go and there are some people like being cynical saying oh that's just 18 million dollars to just make it go away it's like no you really should look at the fact that's 18 million dollars they didn't fight one second for they're like yep you got us here we're paying it we don't care how it makes us look we're just go yeah i mean for activision at this point like the sooner this stuff gets out of the headlines the better so especially considering that the uh let me just take a look at the share price active can i spell uh, uh, nope, I cannot spell. Uh-oh. Oh, no, I actually typed in Activision into the news section, and this is making the rounds right now. Um, I didn't buy a Call of Duty. I don't know when the next time I'll ever buy an Activision game or Blizzard game is going to be, because, Jesus Christ, you guys got to get it together. Um... But apparently in the new Call of Duty game, Call of Duty Vanguard, there is uh, Activision's catching some heat because there are bloodied pages of the Quran uh, in the game. And um, if you're familiar with uh, Islamic culture, that is not okay to be just showing in a video game. <clears throat> yeah, like, you think you're, you know... Again, I think we've talked about this before, but, you know, this is the importance of having a... Uh you know, diverse teams to make to make sure you don't fall on your ass like that. Just like, what are you doing? Just come on. The, it's very small, simple things that uh, you could just ask anybody about or ask someone yeah. out, before you go like uh, maybe insulting. I guess of the religious part of the world. I think it's one third of the entirety of the religious world. Ask anyone in that one third segment if this is okay. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's the kind of stuff like I don't, this. We haven't really talked about this game, but it kind of just reminded me of it. It's like um, when they brought on Amazon for that MMO that they made, New World. Yeah. When they brought on, like, they brought on some like sensitivity consultants mm -hmm. to like help. Uh, to like help help them with the game and it's like you the core of this game is about like what if colonialism was magic oh no that's right like, yeah what it, it, it's like what, what do you want us to do here like just just boy boy howdy you love to see it um 
<laughs> oh, you're gonna make me cough. Oh no. <laughs> Alright, I, I wanna shift to Ubisoft because um they've been Okay, let's let's go ahead and get started. Actually, uh, hold on, let me before I wanna cut you off here on okay, okay. Ubisoft. Uh what's the name of that game? Uh Ray, I'm gonna hit you with a headline so shocking that you are just not prepared for this. You will not be ready for this. You won't believe your ears. <clears throat> Beyond Good and Evil 2 is having development trouble. Okay. I have a lot to say right now. A lot. I just, I don't. <laughs> I have so. Sit down, please. Stand up after you hear this one. This game that has been in development <laughs> since the middle of the Iraq War. Oh God, that's true. Why are you gonna put it like that? Oh, that's so awful. Uh, that game is having development trouble. Oh my gosh. Uh, where, where are you getting this from? And f why? I just, you know, to, to bring you pain. Okay, the last... You know, I really liked... Well, I really liked Beyond Good and Evil. That was a fun game. That is a good game. It, um... Hi, Felix. He's giving... Oh! He's giving, Felix! You guys Felix, can't what do you think camera. about Beyond Good and Evil? Look the, at him. It predates him. Like, he's, he's yeah, younger. Yeah, it's older than Felix. Yeah, but the first Beyond Good and Evil came out in, what, like, 2004 or something stupid like that? Mm-hmm. And Beyond Good and Evil 2 has... Uh, when did the development of that even start? Oh, Beyond Good and Evil 1 came out in 2003. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Oh! Oh! I was in high school then! <laughs> Oof! Oh, no! I, um... I, I was not in high school. Oh no! I I was I was like, I, two thousand three. I might have still been in like elementary school. I was <laughs> I was one year into my military contract in two thousand three. Oh! oh! <laughs> it was so long ago. Oh my gosh. Um, when, I'm trying to go back and figure out when the first teaser for Beyond Good and Evil 2 came out. I just looked it up. It was the first screenshot teaser. Yeah, like the one because it's the one where they're in the desert and the car that came out in 2008. <gasps> Gosh, I was yes. I was actually in Iraq during that time. <laughs> it's coming full circle. Good yeah, like goodness. raise in Iraq, like click, uh, you know, iPod with the click wheel. It was, yeah. Uh, um, I'm learning how to play the trombone or whatever bullshit I was doing in 2008. Oh my gosh, Bush uh, was still president. Uh, oh. I was, you know what I was doing in 2008? I was forgetting to put my name on a hand-drawn map of Europe I was doing for a history class. That's what I was doing in 2008. Oh my gosh. Good lord. That's so long ago. 
Why did they? They should just cancel this game. Just, 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 just do it. I'm not convinced the game hasn't been in the perpetual state of cancel revival, cancel revival. You know what? The, do you know what they should do? Actually, here's a better idea. Okay. They should just call just, just. They should just release whatever they have now and call it Beyond Good and Evil Three. That's awful. <laughs> That's so just awful. and. Just like, just say, hey, we've released uh, Beyond Beyond Good and Evils one, three, and four. Oh my god! You know, like just write, just get get three pigs and write Beyond Good and Evil <laughs> one, three, and four on them, and set them loose <laughs> in E three. <laughs> or like packs or whatever. This is awful. I I hate and love this at the same time. I think this is a great idea. Remember that trailer that they released at E3? When was that? Was that 2017? Mm-hmm. The, the, like, the actual full-on, like, CG trailer that looked like it was very well done? Like, okay, maybe we'll see this game and, like, on a PS4 or Xbox One. Nope. Nope. That's not happening. As a matter of fact, they were even talking about Switches? That, like, the game could come out on the Switch? Uh, th- there was a whole art program where they were paying people to like or they were going to say like you could do the art for Beyond Good and Evil and we'll go ahead and I just like what is you know this is not that compelling of a mystery because it's probably just uh this place sucks to work for and, and nobody wants to see this thing through because it's just a giant shit show so nobody wants to touch it but also, just like, how is this game? How is this not canceled in 2011? I, I see the article you're a talking whole about. Ass ten years ago. Beyond Good and Evil Two is reportedly undergoing a development crisis. What? It's like, well, <laughs> I could have told you that. <laughs> what is? What is your definition of deve- of dev crisis when a game that was like teased? what was it five years ago like the teaser video was five years ago and they showed some gameplay like in I think in 2018 2019 and you you just have no idea when it's actually coming out okay I'm sorry but, and also Again, the, like, the just... original creator Michael Ansel like the original designer he hasn't worked at Ubisoft for the past two years so what what is this game? Who's making it? Who's helming the we ship? We see now they're going to have to cancel it because that Ubisoft is going to go has to go put in all the NFTs into Beyond Good and Evil. Uh, no, I don't want to talk. They NFTs. have to put the, like the the Ape Club yachts, the yacht no! ape assholes. They got to no! put those in the game. Oh, please no. Okay, yeah, let's talk about Nightmare. Ubisoft and their um, bungling they've been doing for the past, like, couple months. 20 years? <laughs> 20 <laughs> The past couple decades. Um, in a state of complete... What can only be described as pure and utter corporate panic, uh, Ubisoft is bleeding employees. We're actually in a big shift um, this year in 2021 called... Professionally called the Great Resignation. It is a lot of professionals and also um, entry-level people are just leaving their jobs and seeking better employment in other places. This is actually making the better companies puff up and making some of the companies that have been getting away with treating their employees maybe a little bit subpar 
kind of suffer a little bit. You, you, you hear the phrase, nobody wants to work. Guys, that yeah. is anti-proletariat talk. People do want to work, they just don't want to work and be treated like shit. There is yeah. a complete we difference. Wa- <laughs> we, want a tight, we want a tight labor market. Not like this. Not, <laughs> not where... It is definitely a... Uh, an employer market, right? I mean, employee market right now, where you're shopping around for the better job, and recruiters get blown the fuck out. I don't know what to say about that right now because some recruiters are getting left on read. Recruiters are also getting not like their calls returned back. I wonder how that feels. Certain recruiters out there, we've all been. You're like, that. I wish they just sent me an email to tell me that they got another job. <laughs> 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 tell it like party. tell it like it is, Mike. Let them know. Um. So yes, as I was, <laughs> as I was saying, in the state of what could be only called corporate panic, uh, Ubisoft is suffering this a lot. They are bleeding their high-level staff at an extreme rate to the point where just this week, as of the recording of this podcast, you know, it's uh November fourteenth. Uh, they announced that okay, effective immediately. Every employee that's considered senior level or above, we're giving you a 20% pay raise. Like, boom, flat. And if you're um, mid to entry level, you're getting a sliding scale of 5-10% pay raise. Now, that sounds good on paper if you're senior level, but if you're entry level, you're like, wait a minute, did you just make the rich richer? What the fuck was this? Why, why did you just do that? And, uh... This hasn't stopped the bleeding because Ubisoft also uh, lost at their Canadian office the the executive director of the Far Cry series. Like, the person that has been making Far Cry games since Far Cry 3 ha- now, has and left which Ubisoft. Which has been a humongous moneymaker for yes. Ubisoft. Uh, and uh, His name is I, uh, Dan Hay. Yeah. He left and uh, he also left their live service Far Cry game that they were just working on. Which, uh... That means he didn't take the pay raise. Is a simple way to put that. This is... Yeah. <coughs> it's... We've got... I honestly might jump back to Blizzard here in a couple seconds because I just found a few more headlines that uh, we should cover, but... Please. Um, but yeah. But yeah, the... Uh, it's like... Far Cry more than like I am a, a sucker for Far Cry because just that that kind of basic loop of, um, you know, base shoot arrows at guys, do cool stuff when it goes loud is fun. Yes. Um, I'm a Far Cry Four defender. I honestly think that game has weirdly like one of my favorite missions in a game ever. You you sent like, to me that video. Yeah, like it's just like the fantasy of that game is just like you're doing, you're driving a truck full of explosives on like hairpin mountain turns, like while you're like doing the using like the Terminator shotgun, like the thing that Arnold like flips around to like shoot at like other trucks while like this really, really cool like like Indian techno crazy music is playing. It's just like this is so cool. That's very good. like it just it just it just they nail that sequence. Um, but that is a series that desperately needs life and y- something new that is not wretched, which is um, something hard to do, apparently. Um, <laughs> uh, alas, 
your friend, Mike, has a solution for you, Ubisoft. Okay. It'll only cost you 2% of the gross sales of this title when you make it and release it. Um, That's so much money. And, yes, but it, you will see, my friend. Okay. It is called... Uh, it is a sequel to Far Cry 2. A direct sequel to Far Cry 2. A direct sequel? You can call it Far Cry 2-2. Two, two. That... Far Cry 2, the set colon, the second one. We're going to have to workshop that name, but okay. <laughs> well, we'll workshop the name a little bit, yeah. but it's like... That's the first they draft. should make they should make another version of the Far Cry that was the most interesting Far Cry. I'm not going to debate and say Far Cry 2 didn't have like some really smart ideas going on where you were like in a constant state of mercenary and you had to deal with like getting malaria and deal with weapon jams and like setting like fields on fire. Yeah. It's really cool. I just I think they need to go more back more to the Apocalypse Now Heart of Darkness well <laughs> angle of Far Cry and less of the um uh, you know Ubisoft Assassin's Creed angle. You know what I mean? Like the they need to go less Joker, more um uh um Marlon Brando doing like the thing from Apocalypse Now. Mm, mm. Uh, I'm sorry. Also, while we're talking about Ubisoft and things that they have done that are kind of weird, uh, are you familiar with the game Rainbow Six Extraction? Uh, yes, I am. I actually have a friend that uh, is working on this game, and I haven't picked his brain to see how you know the community reception to it has been going. Um, from my perspective of watching the community reception, it has not been great. Because they're... No one knows what this... Does the Tom Clancy Rainbow Six name mean anything anymore? Well, that that's a question that some people are asking. Like, Rainbow Six Siege is good. That is a very tactical... You know, it knows what it wants to be. It came out a little rough, but they spent a couple years workshopping it and they got it right. Extraction is just the zanier, crazier, much more brightly colorful, paintball-esque version of... Rainbow Six and it has zombies in it and again does the Tom Clancy name mean anything anymore or does it not you know Ubisoft needs to get back to the roots of Tom Clancy and Tom by Clancy. that I mean telling you telling you the viewer uh, Jim from the office telling you that the most threatening thing to the United States is uh, Venezuela with a nuclear with one colon one, you know parentheses O-N-E <laughs> One nuclear bomb. That is the most dangerous thing in the world to America. Yeah. Is a South American socialist state that's just trying to mind its own business with <laughs> a nuclear bomb. With one. With one. A just single one. one. One singular one. <laughs> one singular one. How many does the United States have? More than that Don't one. Don't ask. <laughs> More get, than. Get your calculator out. <laughs> it's going to be a number. Get NASA on the line. It's a lot. Um, but no, a Ubisoft has um, quote-unquote bent the knee, and when Rainbow Six Extraction does eventually release, which they're looking to push the date... It was supposed to be out by now. They decided to push the date back to uh, 
January 20th, 2022. It will come out for $40 as opposed to $60. They're like, yep. This is not the product we thought it was going to be based on first impressions. We don't have enough time to like change what the community hates about it. Tell you what, it's spin-off and we're going to sell it as much. And you know what? I uh I guess that's the right move when you when you're left out of options. I don't know. Speaking of companies left without options, uh, Activision Blizzard here. Okay. Uh, well, oh, we, well, we talked about Activision, uh, but now we got to talk about Blizzard. Uh, Diablo Four, Overwatch Two, both delayed. I honestly, you know, I think there's. I love um, the Overwatch Two delay because it pretends like a, the, an announce date was ever announced. It wasn't. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Don't, who are you fooling? Not me. Overwatch 2 delayed. When were you coming out? <laughs> you know, I, I'm on the ball here, folks. You could have literally said it w- it's now coming out in 2023. Okay? You never said when it was coming out to begin Blizzard with. is like, look, we're going to jangle these keys at you, little baby. And I'm like, I'm not fooled by this. <laughs> nice try. Did they ever give a release date for Diablo 4? I don't think. No. No. But they did change McCree, which is probably good because McCree was named after a guy who was a sexual harasser at that company yes yeah so there's a lot of people on like the 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 standard twitter sphere saying like oh but changing the name of mccree is so lame he'll always be mccree to me and it's like guys of all the things blizzard has done in the past two years all of which have been pretty bad like don't think i forgot any of us forgot about the hearthstone um thing where they uh they took away that player's winnings because he said, what was it, a uh, free Hong Kong or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't think I forgot about that shit. Um, Blitz, China number one. Blitz Chung. No, China number one. Oh, God. Oh, no. Um, But, like, changing the name of McCree to whatever his name is now, I, do, I don't even care. Like, I, It's like... It's if like, that is something you're upset about, I need you to understand that it, in some parts of the world, it's going to be pretty. It's going to be hard to near impossible to grow food in like 40 years. Yeah, yeah. We there. I'm sorry. I don't want to be a downer. You just have much bigger things you should spend your time worrying about. The, if you're going to worry about something, at least worry about something you know worth getting depression over. Okay. Yeah. Wor- worry about <laughs> climate change. That's a thing that's yeah. worth worrying about. Don't worry about yeah. like we changed the name of a character of a game that let's be Give honest, little, you stopped playing. Babies. Like shut up, shut up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Like, uh, I know sometimes Destiny. I am the Destiny defender, obviously. So mm-hmm. you know, great assault. But they get. Um, I think they get a lot of gruff for not like the frequency of their updates and big content drops. Mm. But I would rather. Because right now, Overwatch, basically the original Overwatch, has not been touched in any significant way since they announced Overwatch 2. And it just has led to this total dry spell. So I am like, I appreciate that Bungie has done a pretty good job of, like, invet- knowing that, like, okay, we need to invest in, like, we have, we like, we need to, like, focus on destiny 2 as our core thing and just keep going from there and that to make like a destiny 3 mm-hmm. would be a would just in terms of the resources that would draw i mean you would essentially just have to stop like put destiny 2 on like absolute 
life, like minimal life support to even begin to possibly facilitate that. And so I appreciate that they haven't, that they maybe didn't there. I think there may have been plans when they were still Activision to do like destiny three. Oh gosh. Um, I think that's kind of what beyond light was going would like was on track to be until they went independent and whatever. And shifted a lot of plans I think like I think that's why Beyond Light had a lot of engine updates that they then you know because they sunset locations so they can because they weren't on the new engine yada 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 like there's a whole thing but it just kind of shows like there's a lot of different ways to try to build a game that people play forever quote unquote (laughs) essentially and it's just that's a a hard problem so I, I you know best of luck to those developers but they are in a not super fun position um especially because you know as i referenced earlier uh and we've talked about on this uh podcast previously blizzard and activision had a serious cult like harassment culture is a good is like that's the easiest way to describe it don't like you know sjw at me this that is an accurate assessment of what that place was like to work at so yeah um, and after all of this, all of these things have transpired. Uh, Jen O'Neill, who is the co-leader of Blizzard, leaves the company. Yeah, who's running that ship now? Mike Yabara. Oh, okay. I actually know that name. And I don't know Mike personally. No. Uh, op, don't sh- no shit. Why don't you know why I said that? <laughs> um, I'm just a, a guy who plays games from wherever I am. Um, but just after all of this, like, and not that like to not. I don't want to boil it down to like this would be good if a if a woman had this job and everything would be all hand, hand, like dandy. Like mm-hmm. it, these things are much more complicated than that, obviously. Like just because, but like after all of this, like. The like the oh, it's just such a like kick in the nuts. Mm-hmm. Like it's a real mole man gets football thrown at his groin kind of thing. Uh, like, and just you're telling me that like one of the after all of this like the highest rank like one of the highest ranking women at this kind of company like resigns and leaves. Like you you guys let this happen. Well, the, just incredible. Th- there's been mass resignations at Blizzard going on for yeah. like a couple months now. Uh, and not to mention that also the firings. Like the CEO of the company got fired over the summer. So yeah. it, it's just been like musical chairs at the top level, which, you know, honestly, good. Because the only way that company is ever going to change is they have to change out people from the very top. And, yeah. and, and I'm not saying that she did, because I don't know. I don't know what that like entire. Uh, uh, federal report that not federal I'm sorry the state report of California going against them actually says but she was at the top too she probably was aware of some of the bad things that was happening maybe she could have like better led the charge against it but she's she's just as guilty I, as far as I'm concerned everyone at the top level is just as guilty for letting things happen because you have to be like the buck has to stop somewhere and it stops at top level yeah and yes, it does suck that one of the main female representatives of the company will not be there to represent it, but maybe she left because... I don't know, I didn't read the like resignation letter of why she left. 
Oh wait, she wrote a blog post. Maybe I should read that. Yeah, maybe we should read that. And again, and you know, I personally haven't read that statement, so maybe this is something. You know, I'm assuming. You know, I certainly respect her decision. Um, but just okay, credit to her. She does take the some of the blame, and as part of taking some of the blame, she's helping to make a one million dollar grant donation to the Women's in Game International nonprofit organization where she is a board member. So you know what? Good on her. I don't know. I can't ask for much more than that. If you're yeah, it it it's just like it. The whole thing is just crazy. And again, like I think I've kind of we've kind of referenced before. It's like all of these things are. Um, I think you know, unscripted politics is not a podcast that we have. No, but I think this. It's pretty clear to connect. I I think it's a pretty clear connection from a harassment type workplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, where people don't can't really address it because of too many important things that are connected to their ability to produce wealth for people that are not them. Uh, like it's hard to change a culture of harassment when everybody is scared to do anything about it because it means they might lose their health care. Yeah, and jeez, yeah. If only there was other so, some other sort of way that we could organize work and our relations to each other within a society to maybe produce better results with this. If um, only I don't know what those way. are, but I mean, you know, there's got to be a better way. Uh, you know, you mentioned this. There was a game company that actually did unionize here recently. I forget what the name of it was. I remember sharing it in chat with you guys. Oh, uh, was it? No, 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 no. Tell you what, I'm gonna look in our chat and see which one it was, because I know I messaged us. Uh, I messaged you and Josh about it here recently, saying like, "Oh, that's really interesting." Uh, 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 uh. Oh my gosh, I shared so much Metroid stuff in this chat. What am I doing? <laughs> Oh yeah, and uh, th- this is out of nowhere. Speaking of game companies fucking up, um, the cyber, the PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X version of CD Projekt Red, uh, Red's uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, uh, got delayed into middle of twenty twenty two. I know that probably means like nothing for nothing, but uh, yeah, they're they're having some really big issues with that game. Uh, almost a year later. Really? Wow. <laughs> it is a good I game. Can... I do recommend people play it, but yeah, maybe maybe wait until they hammer out as many bugs as they can almost a year later. Damn, I can't find the actual thing where we were talking about the game company that unionized. Ah. All right. Well, there was some game company recently that had yeah. unionized. I mean, and it and was kind of cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And I think if you have not been paying attention, there is a significant wave of labor action occurring in our country that is pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. People are remembering that when together they have power, and it's cool. 
and a lot of and I it's I imagine it is only a matter of time before we see this really start to bellow up in all sorts of industries so we live you know may you live in interesting times well guess what bitch we live in them now oh so I found it okay I'm sorry uh, I'm sorry yes I'm coming back the game company uh the tabletop role-playing publisher Paizo has recognized... Yeah, the Pathfinder guys. Yes, yes, Pathfinder yes. and Starfinder. Mm-hmm. They have organized under the Collective Workers Union as of October 14th. Um, and they have a game union going on, so... Uh, and I believe that that was a, uh, you know, we asked to be recognized, and then that recognition was granted. Yeah. So that is pretty cool to see, too. There it is, people. It, it can be done. Love to see it. If your company is being a dick, band together and remind the company you are nothing without your workers. Exactly. Literally nothing without your workers. Why do you think Amazon is afraid of union? Ask yourself. Everyone that's anti-union listening to this podcast. Yeah. All you weirdos. That's right. I'm calling you out. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why is it big companies spend so much money like giant trillion dollar companies spend so much money fighting unions if they're not that effective. Why why are they so afraid of them? Huh? Huh? Just sleep on that. Yeah. Go go go, go well, yeah, it's snack like, on that. Yeah, exactly. Bit. And it's like, you know, well, hey, this job is already good. Like, why do they need a union? And it's like, well, maybe they want to, you know, keep it good. Yeah. And that's a great way to kind of, you know, <laughs> again, you like at the end of the day, you know, your employer is not your friend, and if uh, you know they find terms to do so, they will they will get rid of you. Oh! And if you can build a means of protection against that with your fellow workers, that is pretty righteous. So, I, I do want to say for you, uh, physical game players, uh, card game players, the people that make cards against humanity, uh, the workers actually formed a union in that workshop. So, um. There you go. You have places Again, to that is also a good idea because I believe Cards Against Humanity also had some issues with harassment culture. You, and You don't say. That game yeah, had issues yeah, with sexual harassment? Sure, huh. They sure did. Go figure. And it's cool that those workers, you know, maybe took the next step because, again, there's, you know, you can politely ask your management to implement changes to create a better culture or you can make them do it so (laughs) Mike's been reading some interesting books lately (laughs) that's right interesting we should talk we should talk about our book club more sometimes yes we have a great book club it's been a hoot I picked I still have the dubious title for picking the worst book If, if anybody wanted to know it was one thought, of the, yeah. it was the only book I could not finish. Let's just say I you know, I thought it was interesting. Uh, but it was a, just a little bit more academic than <laughs> I kind of I kind of was expecting. It was a bit more textbook than many people were suspecting. Let's just say like it was either that or the history of um oh my god. Uh it was either that or a biography of um or about the about a tribe called Quest. Uh, I was, I was, was, and and, and in hindsight, I deeply regret not picking the book about a tribe called Quest. 
I don't know what that is about, but that sounds phenomenally more interesting than what we it's ended up reading. An, uh, it's a classic rap group, and it would have been pretty sick. Okay, that would have been all right. Yeah. Because learning about how buildings are built on the British Isles in the driest format ever... Oh, uh, it was <laughs> true. Uh. It was rough. Oh, <laughs> that was Man. a rough read. That was a rough read. I read, you know, I was a philosophy major, so you you know I've read some boring books, but damn, that might have been up there. <laughs> that's that's in the top. I agreed with all this, all the author's conclusions and arguments, but yeah, it, it, for, but for, for damn, pers- that was dry. <laughs> For a perspective of, like, we should strive to... When you have limited space, because you're literally on a damn island, we should strive to build, like, good communal homes that people will want to return to. It's like, yes, that is a good idea. Maybe I don't need to read 400 pages about it, though. That's... Oh, Lord. (laughs) I I don't even think we've had a book close that could be considered for, like... <laughs> the you know maybe not worst book but the one that would have got the most thumbs down from the the group. I don't even think there's another contender. Nah, I'm most, trying to most, think. Most of the books we've read are pretty pretty decent to solid. Like, I I will say you know I liked it at first, but man, it stumbled over this finish line. Um, Ibram X Kendi stamped from the beginning. I was like, man, the first yeah. the first two like big fat sections were like, yeah, I'm picking up what you're throwing down, all right. And then like, man, those last two, it, it, yeah, they're stumbling the like, finish line, and then there's like you trip and blow yeah. out your kneecap. <laughs> I I feel like that book, it took Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States, mm-hmm. and then removed the class component entirely from a history of the United States and just made it about race, which is uh, now these are sticky subjects, obviously. And I'm not saying that race is not a essential component to understanding the history of our violent and evil country. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think you need to have a class component there too, to really get the full fabric of how we got to where we are. And I think that also, I think if you don't have that class component, your prescription will be incorrect as far as how you begin to fix some of these things. I don't want because to, on the podcast, bring up Ibram X. Kennedy's prescription for how to fix it. All I will say is it might have been one of the worst ideas I think I've ever read. I just... It's just like... I don't, I don't, I don't really get... It's... Yeah hey, you should give us a good review where you can find your podcast. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Unscripted Gaming. Mm-hmm. I think our Twitter is Unscript underscore gaming. Hey, you should send us a question there if you listen to our show. Maybe we'll answer it. Maybe we won't. Now, if you never send us that, you'll never know what might happen. I would, lo- I would love to answer the question. You know, you'll if you send us a question... You 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 will have the exciting opportunity for your question to be ignored by me if I think it sucks. But if you send a good one, we might answer it or discuss it if we don't forget about it. Sorry we had sorry we talked about our book club. I'm uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my book. name is Mike. My name is Ray. <laughs> we'll see you next time.
Peace.